I wanted to share a, a special Mother's Day message. Um, this is a day when we honour our mums. I talked to my mum this morning and uh, wished her a happy Mother's Day on the phone. And it's just great to reconnect with mums, isn't it? Some of us have a strange relationship with our mothers. Sometimes they're far away. Sometimes they, you know, people not talking to each other in families these days. But it's important that we honour mums in general. Becoming a mother is not the same as being a mother. Anybody can become a mother. It's a biological process. But actually being a mother takes time, takes effort. It's a lifelong commitment for which there is no preparation, no training, and very often there's not enough help as well. This is why we have Lily House, because we want to train young girls to become great mothers, not just mothers, but great mothers. One woman said, before I got married, I had three theories on how to raise children. Now I have three children and ran out of theories. So that's pretty right, isn't it? Everybody has the right advice until you have to actually apply it as a mum. So being a mum or a dad is a tough job, but we want to honour them today. You know, Exodus 20 verse 12 says this, Honor your father and mother that your days may live long in the land that the Lord is giving you. That's the first um, uh, commandment with a promise. If you do this, then this will happen. So if you honor your father and mother, your days will live long. You will live long in the land, says the Lord. So today I want to highlight some of the, uh, the, the, the plights and the awesomeness of motherhood. So mums, I, I hope you're ready to hear how good you are. <laughs> Just a few of you are. Motherhood has been described as the world's most underpaid job. And um, I don't know if you've seen these stickers on people, you know, hello, my name is underpaid. See, men go out to work and they get paid for it. Most of you, don't you? Yes. But mothers don't get paid anything for the work that they're doing. But I, I, I got to thinking, I did this a couple of years ago and it's gone up. So I got to thinking, how much, if we paid mothers what they were actually worth, how much would motherhood B. I mean, how much would a mother earn? It's been jointly described as the world's most underpaid job and the most highly paid job at the same time if you count love and goodwill instead of just money. So salary.com conducted a survey in 2019 that attempted to place monetary value on the work of a stay-at-home mum. They determined that if mothers were to be paid for their 10 most common tasks around the home, which is as follows, laundry, janitor, van driver, computer operator, some of you fail there, but anyway, um, <laughs> housekeeper, daycare centre, teacher, chef, chief executive officer, psychologist, and facilities manager, if you added all that up, mothers would be paid $178,201 per annum. How about that? And the largest piece of that pie comes about because they work overtime. They're on call. That's exactly right. Milton Berle, a famous uh, comedian, once said, if evolution is real, how come mothers only have two hands? <laughs> so, mums, I hope you're feeling honoured, by your, not just by your earning capacity. We're going to talk about the really important things here uh, for a moment. But uh, maybe uh, you can go home to your family and demand a raise. You know, whatever you pay me, double it. It'll work. So what, sort of, what does it take to become a mother? I want to highlight a few areas where mothers shine and the things that they've got to do. First of all, a grower. Psalm 127 verse 3 says this, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. And sometimes, mums, you look at your kids and they don't feel like a reward. 
They feel like a trial, but they are actually a reward. Mums, you have given birth to and nurtured your children, and some are still doing this. While others, your kids have grown up already into mature and sometimes not so mature adults. Your mission in life has been to grow your children. And it's been well said that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Because if you are a mother, you are speaking into the life of your children. And you may, the, the weird thing about a mother as a grower, growing something in her kids, is that you don't know what you're growing. Think about it. A farmer plants wheat and he, he, he harvests wheat. He plants, if he plants corn, he doesn't get cucumbers. He gets what? corn right but mums you don't know you're growing a great you don't know what you're growing think about it you could be growing the next prime minister or a doctor or a pastor or you could be growing another mum or you could be growing a, a drug dealer we don't know or possibly even worse a lawyer you don't know you're not sure what you're growing and that's the great challenge the great joy I think for a mum of seeing how her kids grow up and what they grow into and and, and seeing the potential realized you know, when a songwriter sits down to write a song, he strums out a few chords, but he's got a rough idea he's going to, at the end of it, he's going to finish with a song and not a painting. And so, mums, you don't know that. It's like a completely blank slate. You don't know what you're creating. You just know you're creating something. So mothers, you are growers, you are nurturers, and you will see rewards as your children grow and mature. The second thing that mums do is they're teachers. Some of you mums are actually teachers, but the rest of you are still teachers. 2 Timothy 1.5 says this, talking about Timothy's, um, this is Paul writing to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure also dwells in you. You see, Timothy was a great leader in the early church, and he was brought to faith by the teaching and the influence of his mother and his grandmother. So teaching your children is an important job that mothers have. And we're not talking about teaching them sewing or cooking or trigonometry or something. The most important thing you can teach your kids is about love, about life, about success, and particularly about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important than teaching your kids that. So mums, we honor you for the way that you've taught us through the years about life. The third thing that a mother is, is a comforter. And how many of you know... If you've skinned your knee or something like that, a kiss from mum seems to make it better. It did when you were two and three, and it continues to do so when you're older. Sometimes, for some mums, anyway. Isaiah 66 verse 13 says this, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Mothers comfort. That's their natural position. And great mums are there to, com to comfort you when things go awry. How many of you have perfect lives where nothing ever goes wrong? then you need your mum sometimes. I still too. There's something magical about a mother's kiss that makes the situation somehow better. The fourth thing is an advisor. Even today at my age, my mother is able to advise me and I actually listen because I have learned, that, and in fact she has earned the right to speak into my life. She's been, been with me through some great highs, some pretty lousy lows and everything in between and she's earned the right to be there. Proverbs 1 verse 8 says this, Hear my son, your father's instruction, do not forsake your mother's teaching. You guys, do not forsake your mother's teaching. I don't care how big and tough you are, you've got a mum. And she has an opinion, whether you like it or not. <laughs> now, we all know that, that mothers love to give advice, is that right? Because you've been there, you've done it. 
And, and so children tend to not listen to that advice because they think they know everything. When I was 18, I thought that my mother, mother and father knew nothing. And I was amazed, you know, by the time I was 21, I was amazed at what they picked up in three years. Because when you're young, you think you know everything, but mothers have advice that, that, that is actually, you know, can, can really impact your life in a positive way. I'm seeing all the kids nudging one another. Can you believe this? Mum's opinion counts. Can you believe that? But listen, I, wanted, I, I did a bit of searching. I came across a list of, of, of advice, words of advice that you will never hear your mother say. I mean never. This is the stuff she will never say to you, like this. Just leave all the lights on. It makes the house look cheery. She, can you imagine your mother saying, I cannot imagine my mother saying this one. Let me smell that shirt. Yep, it's good for another week. There is no chance of that. How about this one? Go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'd, I'd be glad to feed him, walk him every day. <laughs> or this one. This is one I prayed for and it never happened. I know I said no, but if Timmy's mum says it's okay, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Did that ever happen to you? Not a chance. How about this one for teenagers? Come home when you like. Curfew's just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison. Here's another thing you will not hear a mother say. Don't, I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, mums just, they don't say those things. So many of you know when facing choices in life, a mother's advice comes in handy. So mums, be careful what you advise your children. Okay, sometimes you say things and you wish you can retract them. It's better to think first and say once, you know, because... Because kids and grandkids pick up on all of this stuff. And they take it all in, even if they don't, even if they don't look like they're listening. You know, sometimes with teenagers, you're trying to communicate and nothing comes back. How many of you know that? You talk, 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 nothing comes back. And then you just say, grunt once for yes and two for no. And then you can sort of have a conversation. The fifth thing is a counsellor. Mothers are counsellors. Now, I'm married to a counsellor. We've got a few counsellors here. And... Um, that's a scary proposition. I can't get away with anything. She knows everything about feelings. And I know nothing. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Um, Proverbs 31 verse 26 says this. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. See, mothers, you have wisdom and you are able to counsel your kids with kindness. And it might be... Now, now wisdom, there's, the Bible talks of two wisdom. There's earthly wisdom from below and, and heavenly wisdom from above. And yours might be earthly wisdom, but it could also be godly wisdom if you choose it right. And many people... Um, from Abraham Lincoln to Michael Jordan to Liza Minnelli, many famous people attribute their success to advice that their mums have given them. So I would say, doesn't matter how how old you are, listen to your mum. Does anybody remember back in was it the 70s or 80s? They used to have a an advert on TV for for a, a deodorant which was called Mum. Do you remember that? And everybody used to run around saying, "I can get, get by without this. I can get by, but I can't get by without my mum." Remember that? You're so old. Um, <laughs> But that's what it's like. We can't get by really without our mum. The sixth thing is great mums are releases. 
They take their kids, they realize they don't own them, they steward them. And many of you older mums are at this point right now. You, you, know, you bring kids up the best you can, maybe you teach them about the Lord, and at some point you have to let them go and they make their own choice, choices, some of which you don't agree with. Am I right? It's a very difficult thing. You see, I don't agree with all the decisions my kids make. But I, I make sure that my love for them never diminishes, no matter if I agree with them or not. See, one of the fallacies of our modern world, one of the things that they push in the media and everything else, is that if you love someone, you will agree with them. That's not true. If you disagree with somebody else, you can still love them. Ask my wife. She's been doing it for years with me. You know, you don't have to agree with someone to love them. It's a, it's a falsity. It's not true. It's fake news. It really is. You can love someone and disagree with them. And that's the stance we will probably finish up with, with our kids at some point. Mothers, you need to be releases and release them to the Lord. Samuel's mother prayed for a long time. She waited so long and prayed so fervently for a child. And when a child came, in 1 Samuel 1, 27, it says this, For this child I pray, says, says uh, Samuel's mum, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And what she did was she took this child she prayed for and longed for and cared for and waited so much and put so much into, and she gave him back to the Lord. And he became one of the great judges and prophets in Israel. In fact, he was the last great judge, really. My mother did exactly this. As is typical of me, if you know me at all, I was rushing into this world. When I was in the womb, um, with, when, I, when I was only six months in the womb, and back in the dark ages when they had, you know, dinosaurs and chariots and stuff when I was born... Um, <laughs> They didn't have the sort of medical technology that we had now. And uh, at six months, my waters broke. Uh, when, when, no, my mum's waters broke. Okay, get it right. My mum's waters broke. <laughs> That's all right. I can't even explain that. Okay, my mum's waters broke while she was in the bank, which was a bit embarrassing. And she was, she was rushed um, to the hospital and told... The doctor came in and he said to her, you need to lie still for three months for your baby to be born or your baby will die. Because all the water had kind of gone out of the, the womb and it was all dry in there. And uh, so he left that day. He came back the next day and my mum was on all fours bouncing on top of the bed. And he freaked and um, swore at her and told her to, to get back into bed and lie still or she'd lose the baby. And she said to him, um, she said to him, Last night, God spoke to me audibly and told me that my womb was healed. And so he examined her and her womb was healed and I went full term and was born. So that's a miracle. And um, that's, a, that's an even bigger miracle than my water's breaking. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Um, I was eventually born normally. And then when I was born, my mum uh, took me to church and had me dedicated as we do with, uh, with kids. And she said to the Lord, he's yours. And that's what I'm doing here today. Because she handed me over to the Lord and she said, whatever happens, he's yours for, for your service. So mothers, many of your hearts are breaking for your kids who've gone astray at the moment. Kids who may have rejected Christ, kids who are maybe acting out. But I want you to do two things this morning. Number one, stop blaming yourself.
Because we bring our kids up, but there is a point at which they make decisions themselves and they will stand and fall on their own decisions. No one will stand before the throne of God to be judged saying, well, my mum did this and my mum did that. You, you are responsible for your own decisions. So please stop blaming yourself. You may have made mistakes. Show me someone who hasn't made a mistake. Right? But at some points, kids make their own decision. So that's the first thing. Stop blaming yourself. But the second thing is never stop praying for your kids and believing for their salvation. It's really important. So that leads me to my next point, which is prayer. A mum should be a prayer. A mother's prayer has saved many a soul. So whatever you're doing, mums, don't stop praying for your kids. Never stop praying for your children. 1 John 5 says this, and this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know in our hearts he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. You see, mothers, your prayers are powerful. And I know that myself because I went through stages in my young life when I was rebelling and I was doing stupid stuff and partying, all this sort of stuff. And my mum kept praying. And I believe her prayers are what brought me back to God. So mums keep praying. Number eight, mums are believers. You see, mums believe in their kids no matter what. Have you ever seen that? They never give up. They never stop believing for, the, for their kids. And you should never stop believing for your kids. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So don't give up on your kids. Keep believing in them. For example, Adolf Hitler's mum, Clara, took him to church and wanted him to be a civil servant. Napoleon's mum was married at 13, but she accompanied him into exile on the island of Elba. Osama bin Laden's mum wanted him to stop fighting the West and come home to Saudi like a good boy, and he didn't. Donald Trump described his mum as smart as hell, and he said he's had trouble finding women to marry who compare to her. Isn't that incredible? He's tried, but hasn't found one. Um, Mums, keep believing in your kids even when others give up on them. How many of you know that, that sometimes mums like that are really irritating? You know, when, when their child hits your child and the mum says, well, your child must have started it because they keep believing in their child. But that's a good illustration. We need to keep believing the best for our kids, don't we? Doesn't mean we let it, we give in to them and give them everything they want. But mums always want the best for their kids and their grandkids, and I bet every mother in this room does too. So mothers, don't give up on your kids, no matter how bad you think they are, no matter how hopeless the situation, no matter how sinful, and no matter how antagonistic your kids might be, keep praying and keep believing the best for them. One of the greatest church fathers in the history of the church was a fellow called St. Augustine. And his mother was key in his coming to Christ. Listen to this. St. Augustine's mother was a godly woman who lived around 350 AD. She loved her wayward son, and the young Augustine lived with a girl and had an illegitimate child. Then followed this by joining, joining a heretical sect for nine long years. She kept praying. She kept believing year after year. She talked to him. He refused to listen to her. 
And she was so distraught, she just prayed and prayed and prayed. And God gave her a dream that settled in her heart what she should do. And then her faith, a mother's faith, checked in. So a short time after the dream, Augustine became a Christian and became one of the most significant church fathers of his generation. He was once lost, but through the faith of his mother and the love of God was found. And he became a great leader in the church. Mothers, don't give up on your kids, even if they hurt you. Even if they lash out at you, don't give up on your kids. Love them. Keep caring for them. So let me ask you the question. How much is a mother's service worth? Well, we saw the monetary value, $178,201. Makes you feel good, doesn't it, mums? That you're worth that much. You don't see it. Yeah, I know, I know. Well... At least you get a cup of tea occasionally, once a year anyway. But in reality, of course, a mother is worth much more than that. So I want to uh, wrap it up here by sharing this poem. I shared a couple of mothers. Days. I love this poem. It's written by Harlan Howard, and it was turned into a song by Tammy Wynette. Listen to this. This is so cute and gorgeous. It says this. My little girl came into the kitchen this evening while I was fixing supper, and she handed me a piece of paper on which she'd been writing on, and after wiping my hands on my apron, I read it, and this is what it said. For mowing the yard, $5. For making my own bed this week, $1. For going to the store, 50 cents. For playing with my little sister while you went to the store, $50 million. No, no, 25 cents. For taking out the trash, $1. Getting a good report card, $5. For raking the yard, $2. Total owed, $14.75. Then the song says this, Well, I looked at her standing there expectantly, and a thousand memories flashed through my mind, so I picked up the pen, turned over the paper, and this is what I wrote. For the nine months I carried you, <laughs> growing inside of me, no charge. For the nights I sat up with you, doctored you, prayed for you, no charge. For the toys, the food, the clothes, and for wiping your nose, no charge. And when you add it all up, the full cost of my love is no charge. Well, when she finished reading, she had big old tears in her eyes, and she looked up at me and said, Mama, I sure do love you. Then she took the pen and wrote in big letters, paid in full, across her bill. When you add it up, the cost of real love is no charge and we can learn that lesson when we look at Jesus he laid his life down for us no charge he gave everything he had he came from heaven to earth no charge you can't buy salvation you can't earn salvation you can't grasp it you can't covet it all you can do is accept it because it comes freely at no charge you see motherhood is a pretty tough but it's an incredibly powerful gig. It really is. I think that the time for mothers to really shine is coming in the future because families are under attack right now. And, the, the, you know, the head of the household might be, be the man, but I tell you, the heart of the household is the mother. And it's time for mums to really stand up. Lord Shaftesbury once said, Give me a generation of Christian mothers and I will undertake to change the whole of society in 12 months. So mums, you have an important role. It's the role of the influencer. Think about it. 2,000 years ago, let me highlight two men from 2,000 years ago. One of them lived in Rome, had loads of money, pomp, ceremony, everybody bowing and scraping to him. His name was Caesar. 
Another man lived with a few, a few followers, 12 in all, walked the dusty roads of Palestine and laid his life down and died a criminal's death. His name was Jesus. But 2,000 years later, we are gathered today to worship the, the one that gave his life for us, not Caesar. You see, Caesar had power, but Jesus had influence. And now there are billions of people around the world who honor him because he had influence, not just power. And mums, you have an important role. You are the influencer. You are the one who brings influence to people's lives. It's never been about money, prestige, fame, etc. It's about influencing your children in the right way. And the greatest influence you can have is to lead your kids to Jesus Christ. I tell you, there are mums here who are grieving right now for your kids and for your grandkids who don't know Jesus. And we need to pray together. And that's what we're going to pray in a moment. Because I know it's long and hard at times. You get wearied and discouraged. But today I want to pray for you and not, not only honor you, but pray for you. Mothers, I have a message for you today. I can't give all of you a gift. We've given you a few little um, chocolates and little cupcakes and that sort of stuff. But I believe that Jesus would want you to hear this verse today for you as a mother. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, those words really ring true. When you come to Christ, even as a mum, you don't get a free pass. You don't get everything for nothing. You still have burdens. You still have to face struggles. But the difference is you can face them because he is there with you. Jesus doesn't say you don't get a yoke. He says, I'll give, a, give you another yoke, but this yoke will fit. If you have a yoke across an oxen and it's ill-fitting, it rubs and it's really hard for them to pull. It's not balanced. But what, Jesus can give you a yoke that fits, one that you can easily pull with his help. So today we want to pray for rest for every mum. Do I hear an amen to that? But I also want to pray that your yoke would be well-fitting and that your burden would be light. And uh, I also want to pray for our children and grandchildren. Are you up for that this morning? We're going to finish our service in prayer. Because there's not one of us here that doesn't know a child or a grandchild or, or, or a cousin or something like that who doesn't need to know Jesus. So I'm going to pray for you mums. And if you're a mum, I want you to stand up wherever you are. Just right across the auditorium. If you're a mum, I don't care. If you're a mum of 10 or 20 or 50 or a grandmother, you're still a mum. So let's pray, church, and let's pray for our mothers. Just extend your hand towards each of these mums. Lord, I pray that your blessing would be upon these mums this day. Father, I pray that you would just pour out your spirit upon them. Lord, that you would give them rest. Lord, that their yoke would be easy, that their burden would be light. And Lord, I pray that you would just honor these, that they would feel honored. They would feel cherished this day regardless of what those around them might say about them, regardless of what their partner or their parents or their kids might say or think, Lord, we honor these mums standing here today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray your blessing upon them. Give them a wonderful day. Give them incredible influence over their children, over their grandchildren, over their children's friends. Lord, I pray that you would just give them wise and godly words. 
to speak into every situation, that they might know heavenly wisdom, not worldly wisdom, that they might be able to speak words of advice that break the yoke in other people's lives. And I pray that you will bless them as we honor them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's all stand together, all of us. I want to invite a mother or a few mothers to come and pray for your kids and your grandchildren. I haven't asked anyone. I don't have an agenda here. But if, if you have kids or grandkids, I want to, I want to invite a mum. You're all under the spotlight now, aren't you? To just come forward and share a prayer with us for your kids. So who's it going to be? Doesn't matter if it's your first time in church. I don't care. I just want to invite a mum. Dana, come on up. Come on over. I want you to pray for kids and grandkids. Thank you, Father God, for this um, wonderful day to recognize all the mums mm. and all the grandmas around the world. Lord, I thank you that our children and grandchildren are in your hands. Yes. Thank you, Lord. We've given them to you. And we trust you, Lord, to bring them into that promised place that yes, you have Lord. provided for yes, them. Lord. That all your plans for them would succeed that you would give us the grace, Lord God, to thank you every day for what you're doing in their lives. Lord, we give you all our children fresh today yes, Lord. because we know that you love them more than we do. Yes, it's hard to imagine, but you do. Father God, I thank you that it's such an honor to be a mom and mm. to pray and thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you make a way. Your ways are the best ways. Help us not to interfere with your ways, Lord. Yes. Help us to surrender everything about our children and grandchildren to you and trust you, Lord, that you are making a way because they're in the palm of your hand. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you today. Amen. 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 Thank you, Donna. Thank you.